Nice. The thinking man's music. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Man. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think that honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Let's, let's get one thing straight. It's good getting scared. Guns don't kill people. It ain't nothing with me. Uh, that nigga, you fought it. Uh, Gonna sprinkle some of you fools with some of this. It's GAME, man. Somebody's got it. Don't stand my sister. Don't sprinkle the fools with my sprinkle sister. Stand up, These lurks as if I was fiber, like black metamuse, so time of time of time of time of time of time of Sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle me, man. Sprinkle me, man. Big time of time of time And who was that? E40. Oh, really? You know? No. I mean, I've heard the name before, but. Yeah. Bay Area rapper? He's a San Francisco guy. Yeah, Oakland. Oakland? Yeah. Vallejo. 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 Yeah. Uh, neither San Francisco nor Oakland. No one knows where Vallejo is. <laughs> I was born in Vallejo. Really? Really? Really. Wow. Do you know E40? Are you E40? I'm actually Sugar T. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Uh, pretty unmistakable <clears throat> rap style. Yeah. Voice, right? That was unique. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, just... You, know. you still listen to hip-hop at all? Um, Old stuff, yeah. 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 I put on, like, the same five albums over and over again. I probably listen to um, EPMD, Strictly Business. Oh, so some of the new stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, more than any other yeah. hip-hop album. That's a great album. Or uh, I'll put on Gangstar. Oh, I see. I, I don't listen to hip hop. Um, there was a very specific kind of time period and genre that I do like. And it was like kind of, um, like when Dell was around mm -hmm. uh, souls of mischief, the hieroglyph hieroglyphics crew. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's when, uh, it's weird. Cause I, at the gym this morning had a, uh, with one of the Muay Thai guys had a long talk cause we grew up skating and we just riffed on like 30 minutes about every skate video and how skating had changed. And we had talked about, that uh, this must have been like early mid '90s when skateboarding went really slow and technical, right? And it got and skating gets like big and then it disappears. It gets big and disappears and then it gets really big and becomes like X Games. The X Games and yeah. now it's a sport, which it shouldn't be. That's bullshit. But um, <clears throat> during the gangster rap phase, it was mm -hmm. not cool. Like and. Uh, and everything became like really slow, technical. That was all the technical, crazy stuff. baggy pants, huge yeah. pants that you could yeah. put forties in pockets. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we were actually talking about like the way that we our window to music was very much through skate videos because this was before there was no 
internet. There was no Napster or yeah. anything like that. And that's how I got into Gangstar. Because uh-huh. one of the videos had Gangstar in it. And it was, uh, I think it was the original 101 video that had a Gangstar song on there. And I was like, nice. oh, this is really good. So yeah, there's some very specific gangster rap albums that I really, really like. Uh, including uh, Compton's Most Wanted, which is actually one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time. That stuff was so fucking good. I know yeah. the content and the lyrics and everything is like the worst shit you could probably yeah. listen to as a kid, but, but it was like it was fucking good. It was another version of like hardcore punk rock. Yeah. It was just like, we're doing this because this is, it, it gives you a window into what our life is and, you know, this is what we do and this is what we write lyrics about and, and uh, you know, we're not... Very counterculture. Very, yeah. Yeah. How punk was supposed to be back in the right. day. Right. Fuck the police and, you know, mm-hmm. go, you know, murder someone for looking at you sideways. Yep. That's counterculture. Yep. That's not what our culture and now encourages. We have, and now we have Green Day. <laughs> Bleak 182. Green Day in the news recently. Oh, really? Yes. Did You didn't hear about this? No. Changing the, at some concert or something, they changed the lyrics of one of their songs to be like, uh, you know, fuck MAGA. Or whatever. <laughs> wow. Stunning yeah. and brave. Yeah. They really went out on a limb there. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Way to stick your neck out there, Billy Joe. Totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, all right. So I got a, uh, you know what we haven't done in a while? Acid. Besides acid. Take, take a prisoner. <laughs> uh, we haven't promoted the show. Oh. If you would like to support the Liberty Tree podcast... There is a way you can give us money directly, and that is through Patreon. We do have a few people doing that, and we really appreciate it. Every once in a while, we throw some cool stuff on Patreon and uh, support us through Patreon. You can get shirts and stickers and some cool things that way. Um, it's not cheap putting on this podcast. It would uh, be awesome to have uh, a little bit more support, but you could also buy some of our shirts and things, which also helps us at libertytreelifestyle.com. And is there any other way? Uh, you could uh, steal your parents' phone, put the podcast, uh, leave a review under their name, maybe, on <clears throat> Apple Podcasts. Strong uh, rash guard presence at the gym, I've noticed. Of Liberty Tree stuff? Liberty Tree stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some, some people like the uh, Liberty Tree yes. gear. I think probably the biggest hit has been the falling down rash guard. That is one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. We have a falling down t-shirt too, if you don't. The the one I have is definitely the best, the most well-made rash guard that I have. That camo one? Yeah. I know. Just the material, the stitching. Nice and thick. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's pretty good. Uh, Yeah. So uh, please go do those things. Um, I wanted to do a little media literacy mm-hmm. thing for you. Okay. And in order to do that, I have to play the, uh, the bumper that I can just never have at the tip of my fingers. Read my lips. Okay. It's time for Matt and Kelly to teach media literacy to dumb dumbs like me. That makes a total of four officers from the riots to die by suicide. And it's the unvaccinated people who it's going to make sick. And we really just cannot afford for you to have to go to the hospital right now. Mm-hmm. Everything about that clip just irritates me. 
So well done. I was going to say, I take that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. All right. So check out this clip of a former using the old, what do we call these? Finger quotes. We called it something else one time. Rabbit ears. Rabbit ears. Uh, former CIA officer talking to some just flapping head on MSNBC. NBC News national security and intelligence analyst Mark Polymeropoulos. Mark spent years as a CIA officer and was chief of operations in Europe and Eurasia. Mark, it's good to have you. I'm going to let you choose your own adventure here and tell me which hot spot in the region right now is most concerning to you. Pause it. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming on the show. I'm not going to ask you any questions. Go ahead and just talk about the things that you came on the show to tell us about. Katie, what an extraordinary challenge. First of all, for Secretary Blinken heading to the region, you know, Israeli Minister of Defense Gallant said uh, several days ago that there was uh, this was a seven front conflict. So so you're right where to even begin. But I think the area which causes you know me uh, as, a, as a former intelligence official, the most concern in terms of the United States is Yemen. And that's because, you know, the Houthis, which Iranian proxy, have just continued these attacks on, on you know, on maritime shipping. You know, this is an area which 20 percent of the uh, of, of the shipping around the globe goes through. Um, there has certainly uh, been uh, an amazing response by the U.S. Navy in almost playing a soccer goalie, you know, knocking down drones and missiles. But I think what we're going to see in the future is uh, is some. He's going to say we're going to see some offense. Mm-hmm. He's. Basically saying, like, what we need is a little bit of... Uh, Why are the people in Yemen so upset? Yeah, they're just cranky. I, really? Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I don't know what their problem is. I have to is. wonder if it's at all related to the U.S.-backed Saudi executed blockade never and heard genocide. That, never heard never, of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah, that wasn't in Huffington Post. You sure they don't just hate our freedom? Yeah, uh, it's, that's Over what there? I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> they hate our freedom. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, here is a CIA agent coming on the news, not so he can be asked questions, mm-hmm. but the the reporter, the, the interviewer just said, so what do you want to tell us? <laughs> and then he goes, I'll tell you what I want to tell you. It's about time that the America got involved in this war, and we did a little bit of offense. Uh-huh. And it makes me think, like, um, the media literacy part of that is, like, Anytime anyone from the CIA is on the, or the FBI or any government organization is the source in the news. Yeah. You can just know that they, it says former, but no, they're just on there to tell you what the new, what we're going to do, what we're going to do next, who we're going to attack right. next. And same thing every time we talk about it all the time. What does this lead to? Just Another more war. destruction and eventually people fleeing those regions, which they have been from Yemen now, yeah. creating all sorts of stress and disasters that the rest of the world has to then deal with taking in. And these. then those kids will grow up and they'll be in whatever country and there'll be another offensive. And we go, we have, they hate our freedom. We got to, we got to, <laughs> we have to, we have to act against this. Same thing yeah. every time, over and over. Well, if you'd like to know what uh, Secretary Mayorkas says <laughs> about this. Secretary, uh, the border is secure. Mayorkas, listen to this. This guy should be in fucking prison, by the way. Yeah, he will be. As you know, Mr. Secretary, Border Patrol in the month of December processed more migrants entering the United States illegally 
than any month in the history of that agency. Why is that happening? What, how do you explain it? So we are seeing the greatest number of displaced people, not only at our southern border, not only in the Western Hemisphere, but across the globe. Why? You know, I am involved in bilateral and multilateral meetings with my counterparts from foreign countries in Europe, uh, in Asia, in the Indo-Pacific, all over the world. And migration, the challenge of displaced people, is a subject that comes up in every single conversation. We have the effects of climate change, oh poverty, increasing level of authoritarianism, the very many challenges that are at the and root cause yeah. of the displacement of people no. around the world. No, not because of... America bombing, bombing the, the shit out of all their <laughs> countries and deliberately creating, in my opinion, uh, refugees. No, it's climate change. I'm, dude, I used to not be this guy. I'm so deep down the, we won't do it now, but we talked about the game theory stuff and the the religion of climate. And uh, I'm so far down it where like the people, I didn't feel like this a year ago, but the people that are, that attribute things to climate change now, I just, in my mind, just think, like, you're a fucking idiot. Yes. <laughs> it's hard not to think that way. I know. I didn't, I used to actually I'm believe not saying that- we don't have an effect on the planet. We do. Right. But, but there are, there are, do human beings cause problems on the planet? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about anthropogenic climate change, I was like, show me the receipts. It's mm-hmm. so easy to disprove all this stuff. Right. And if you really did care, what is an actual tangible problem that we know comes from human beings? Pollution. Exactly. Pollution. There you go. Single-use plastics, Give landfills, me- dumping shit into our rivers. That's what we need to be working on. What but- is the thing that you're worried about with climate change? Right. And it's not those things. Oh, it's, what is it always? It's rising sea levels. Well, has that... You have... Have we poli- seen that? A, a political What's- elite who owns... Oceanfront property exactly. on either Martha's Vineyard or that other place in uh, Cape Cod. Yeah, or flying Florida. around on a pl- on a private jet, preaching to you about global warming. Yeah, like what is wrong with your brain that no red flags go up whatsoever? How can you not see this? And even if you could prove to me with receipts, like the first step proving to me would be humans are directly causing climate change. And if we stop doing what we're doing, we could reverse climate change. If you could prove that to me, which I don't think that Mm -hmm. is true. I don't think you could. But if you could, the second thing you'd have to prove to me is that the earth getting warmer is a bad thing. Right. That You got to also convince me of that because it kind of sounds nice to me. I put one in before you, and this is one that we always bring up. I'm like, okay, uh... Who, who, who are your superheroes in this movement? You know, your Al Gore's, your John Kerry's, the, the limits to growth, yeah, Greta Thunberg. Uh, the, the club of Rome. Um, every, every single prediction has been wrong up to now. So mm-hmm. first thing we need to do is you need to convince me that now I should listen to you because you're listening to the same people over and over and over again. Then we get into your questions. Yeah. Then I think first and foremost, I've been actually reading a bunch of stuff is yeah, of course the climate's changing. That's it. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. We work. Uh, you know, the Earth works in cycles. It'd be weird if it didn't change. Do human beings have, uh, you know, an impact on their? Of course, we do. There's what seven billion people. I don't know what it is at this point. And but is anthropogenic climate change causing all these? You know, everything from wildfires to <laughs> earthquakes, 
migration. Yeah. Like, yeah. That I need proof to me. And if, if that is true, then what caused all the way more severe climate changes that happened when humans weren't 7 billion people on the planet? Mm-hmm. That just happened. That happened and that was actually good and okay. But this time right. it's because of humans and it's bad. Yes. A lot more people have died, by the way, from cold than from heat. So fucking bring it on. A little raise in the <laughs> sea level. Just build a wall. Get on with our lives. Fucking enjoy the sunshine. So Jake just brought up the, uh, this looks like to be a rundown of the IPCC. This is, have you followed this conference that went on? No, when was this? Uh, I think the actual conference was within the last few weeks, but it was, um, it's right along the, kind of follows the path of the WEF. You know, many of the same people are there. Um, but, so, go ahead. No, 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 keep going. Oh, but one of um, one of the, I think it was a Saudi, one of the Middle East kind of oil magnates. So a lot of the speakers here were all these basically petrol royalty families. And one of the guys says, he uh, goes, said something along the lines of, the only way that we can truly fight this problem is we have to go back to the lifestyle of living in caves. And, and he quickly changed his tune because everyone's like, you're not supposed to say that part out loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're upset, motherfucker. Nobody wants to live in a cave. Every episode, I get a, a new one for this list that I've called Maddie's Interesting Pronunciations. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, today, it's magnet, oil magnet. I've, I've heard it pronounced magnet. Okay. You're, you, uh, would, you would argue it should be magnate? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Say proletariat for me. Proletariat. All right. Got one off that time. You throw me some curveballs occasionally. How about this next one? I've heard that pronounced both ways too. Yeah. Hegemony or how do you pronounce it? Hegemony. It. You say hegen- hegemony. Hegemony. Yeah. Hegemony. Yeah. I've heard it both ways. Same with vehement. Vehement. So you're fucking up my game. I know. But, well, it's funny because <laughs> I, when I hear him say those words. Maybe you're wrong. <laughs> 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 I hear Matt say those words. He says them differently than I do. But when I hear you say it, I always I think of other like podcasts and things I listen to where I hear people say it the mm-hmm. same way. Because when they do it, I go, oh, that's how Matt says it. <laughs> so you might actually be the smart one in this. Wait, what was the last word on the list? Uh, well, oh, that was Magna. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah, we're just we're just building yeah, this. Man. Yeah, this right, side project, I like man. this. <laughs> I like making fun of Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bring it. Name them. Uh, <laughs> name them. <laughs> That's right. a button, right? Name them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of climate change, mm-hmm. did you see the clip of the dude jumping over the bench to attack that judge? Yes. <laughs> what does that have to do with climate change? Nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just felt like changing the subject. Yeah, get a new list going. <laughs> Play that video. Play the video? Yeah. Oh, man. Let me see. No, I got it in the, uh, in the photo oh, there. Yeah. Right. The athleticism of the dude that goes after it was this impressive. judge is insane. The way yeah. he cleared that bench. Like he was going to land on a, like a big pile of pillows. Yeah. <laughs> you look like the Kool-Aid guy when he jumped through the wall back in the day on the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't with that history. 
in accordance with the laws of the state of Nevada. This court will oh, 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 hey, Olympic level. It was impressive. Yeah. The irony that he was there prior to this pleading his case that basically that he doesn't have a violent temper streak. <laughs> and she tells him, like, appreciate that, but uh, I think you're going to need to see something a little bit more severe. And then, like, all hopes that his attorney had that this guy was going to, like, show up and just give his best face and really try to just kind of, let's just chip down the level of like, I, sentencing that you're going to receive. Like, I just, have a guy, that I, a friend of mine that I grew up with who's a lawyer, and uh, he was telling me the story that he was in court to um, plead to the judge that his client was on a flight risk. Yeah. And the, uh, and the judge was like, where's your client right now? He goes, oh, I have him on the phone. And while he's telling the judge this, he's bouncing back and forth. He's talking to his, his client on the phone. And his client was in some other room, like trying to jimmy a window open, telling, <laughs> telling his lawyer, like, I got a guy here, like, I'm not going back to jail. He's like, look, I'm trying to talk to the judge that you're not a flight risk. Right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, he says at the end, he just held his hands on the desk. And the judge is like, I believe that your client's a flight risk. And they're like <laughs> looking around for him in the building or something. Dude, God bless uh, public defendants. I mean, they're not very good for the most part of what they do, but I think that the they're doing, a lot of them are trying to help people yeah. that just have no chance. They're trying to police the police. Yeah, but it can't be an easy job. And they, they get no support. They don't get paid well. Kind of stupid that public defendants would be paid by the government to defend people against the government. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's right up there with a uh, a politician explaining that we have all these migrants coming because there's all this global conflict on the show. And then right before, there was another politician or a guy that worked for the same government telling us that we need to go on the offensive and bomb the shit out of more countries. Hmm. Say those two situations are kind of related. Yeah. Yeah, the I guess the uh, the irony of the state knows no bounds. <laughs> the irony of statism. <laughs> um. So I got some. What do you got there? What do you got there? Federal documentation. I. Uh, <laughs> okay. I get it. All right. Um, I was uh, thinking about the end of the world as we know it. And uh, I came up with some scenarios mm -hmm. for violence okay. in the United States. Okay. Let me run this by you. Okay. As it sits right now, 2024, everyone is predicting to be just the fucking just wackiest year on record. Yeah, I don't know. No matter what your political stripe, philosophy, <laughs> religion, path you're on in life, I don't. I haven't heard anyone um, make an argument that this won't be one of the most volatile and 
off the rails years that we probably ever experienced. The, the last uh, election year was 2020, mm-hmm. right? Am I right about that? Uh, you said election. It's selection, but go ahead. <laughs> I misspoke. Uh, that was a put pretty... that on my list. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty pretty wacky year mm-hmm. in terms of political violence. Um, all of our lives got turned upside down, and by all accounts, twenty twenty four people are expecting to be even wackier. Yeah, that is, if we have an election which we've hit on quite a bit, but go ahead. Well, we had, yeah, we had an election that year, but that wasn't even the wackiest thing about that year. Uh, COVID ruining America was wackier than that, which was, you know, very well. Okay, again, not to nitpick, COVID didn't ruin America. It was (laughs) the reaction to the alleged virus known as COVID. Yes. Um. And so people that are looking ahead to 2024, I think, are probably expecting something besides the election to occur that's yeah. just as, you know, just hard to predict as a, uh, a pandemic response. Yeah. No one saw that coming. Right. Um, but in terms specifically of the... Let, let me ask you something while yeah. we're on the subject. Mm-hmm. Do you... So... How much of the response to COVID do you think was intentional to coincide with the selection process? Uh, it was related to the election? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Uh, do you think it was... Do you think it was related? Yeah. 100% related? Not 100%, no. Just convenient that it I was... I think when they do these things, whether it's a false flag or uh, whatever, limited hangout, it's they are like, if we do this thing, Project for New American Century, we can roll this thing out and we can shoot these three birds out of the sky. You know, we're aiming for this one thing, but if we can do two or three objectives at the same time, then even better. Mm-hmm. The reason why I ask is that, do you, do you believe it was all related? At all or all related? At all related. I do believe it was related. To some extent. And I'm and thinking of that question in terms of 2024, mm-hmm. if something like that happens this year, yeah, I would say 100% it would be related to the election. Well, this gets me to my next question. Um, do you feel that they tried to roll that out again and people just didn't really buy it? Like now, kind of within the last year or something? I don't see a big push. I mean, if you like I've been saying, if you go on Twitter right now, you would think that, you know, nine out of ten people were dying of COVID in the streets. Yes. Twitter thinks that the world is ending. Or the grocery store down the street. Yes, where you get that. mean mugged by old some lady mask in wearing yes. ladies. Um so but I don't think in the in you know, in the real world you don't really see that and even on the news media who would be the very first or loudest um drum beaters of this like resurgence of the pandemic you're not really hearing it Mm -hmm. from what i can tell right no you're not well i feel like when they 
what's the metaphor we always use? It's the Jurassic Park metaphor. Mm-hmm. The Velociraptor just goes around and keeps testing the fence, testing yeah. the fence, finds a weak spot. It and seems organic to me. Think so? Organic in a you know not not totally organic, but grassroots kind of. I always feel they roll stuff out there. They kind of judge, and you know, they judge the kind of the reaction if they see like a weak spot. Like, okay, we can kind of double down in this direction. They can't revitalize COVID. No, but with what I'm saying is they proposed it kind of. They're like, okay, they're not buying that. We're gonna have to come come up with something else. Well, yeah, I think that's true. But on Twitter right now, it's like. It you it could, might as well be 2021 on Twitter right now. It's all the same arguments. Everyone's freaking out. People are accusing each other of grandma killing, and you know anyone who's seen in a group not wearing a mask, they post a picture on Twitter, and it's like, this is pathetic. All these people not wearing masks. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, I don't know. My only uh, my point of contention with that is that I don't. I do not believe that. I get sent Twitter stuff all day from people and my first reaction, I'm like, this does not represent reality in any measure whatsoever. No. uh, Yeah, of course not. No, I'm not saying it does. I'm just saying that you're seeing it on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter is what it is. It's its own universe of people that are, you know, and it does have an effect on our lives that we, that we live. And the other the news media is another world. It's not the real world either. Yeah, correct. And it has an effect. I think the news media is much more closely connected to um, the political elites who want to want to control the way that we are behaving, and they will use whatever they can to do that. They're not using COVID right now. Mm-hmm. I think COVID's just like that horse has been beaten to death. I don't think that they think it works. Yeah. But no one on Twitter understands that. Or something like yeah. it's just this total like pandemonium right now about masking and, and and COVID, which I just it's so weird to me because we all know people are not dying of COVID. They're not dying now. They never were. Like, <laughs> they this never is were. <laughs> it's like, and yet, I mean, with the exception of that, those nineteen hundred children that Seth of that course Farland brought up. Of but. course, yes, those those kids notwithstanding. Um. So, yeah, I think that if something uh, were to happen along those lines, whether it was a new disease or some sort of domestic terrorism attack or or something. Wow. <laughs> Jake, don't ever put that on the I just saw this at Pacific Market. I swear to God, there was a man in tights wearing the same outfit. How would you describe yeah, that please picture? Please describe that for the audience. Those are, those are yoga pants, I guess, right? That uh, so let's for the yoga, people man. in the audience that are listening, we've got like your standard tenth planet jujitsu practitioner, but grossly <laughs> out of shape. Um, Zing! <laughs> for those yeah. of you that are familiar with jujitsu, that was a there, solid joke. <laughs> there, there's a there's a front section here. Yeah, we call that the front butt. So he's wearing workout. I must say, this is work workout attire. Minus the sh- some more <laughs> irony. Footwear. <laughs> those, those are st- very, those very are standard issued uh, footwear they give you at a mental institution. Huh. The socks oh, really? are those socks tucking in to the tights, or 
are they super short and the tights and the socks just happen to meet up for there's zero ankle cleavage? Yeah, it's one or the other. Or was he soaking his feet, feet in a porta potty before he put the stuff <laughs> in? The stuff you put combs in at the, uh, <laughs> at the barber shop? All right. Sorry. That's wow. disturbing. Disturbing picture. Dude, the. The, the front butt is a as an odd yeah. human trait. It was an extremely like deformed male body wearing very tight clothes publicly. Yes. Yes. And point and being, pink like, and blue, which gives me kind of like that uh, pedo vibe. Yes. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Not. We all are born with different bodies and different body shapes and body types, and mm-hmm. some of us choose to exercise, and some of us choose to eat garbage for food or eat decent food. But the, the combination of choosing to never exercise and eat garbage food and having a weird ass body and wear that outfit. It's just when everything aligns like that, it's there's, there's a larger narrative that I truly do not understand. I almost feel like there's something wrong with that person. Oh, you think that? No, (laughs) obviously, but I mean, to the extent I mean, the guy was soaking his feet in a porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking maniac. To the extent that it, it would be okay to like, I mean, violence might be too much, but to kick that guy out of your store, <laughs> like, no, get out. You're just too weird. I, I just, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it today. That was a solid tenth planet joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tenth planet guys. I just, they dress like rodeo clowns. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're going on. Uh, Society is violently going off the rails this year. Okay, so in terms of violence, um, related to the election, mm-hmm. I see like some scenarios where violence is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Number one, before I say that, the violence from the left or from like, let's just say like Antifa people, right? State bootlicker, just the, the, the violent arm of the establishment. Mm-hmm. The summer of love. Exactly. That kind of violence is, in my mind, children misbehaving and is not going to lead to any sort of like terrible... Substantial change. Substantial change. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's, it's a giant temper tantrum. It's a giant temper tantrum. Yeah. And they should be punished for that, they, you know, if we ha- if we lived in a, a world of adults, they would be, mm-hmm. but we don't. We're all living in, we're being ruled by children, and those are children misbehaving. Um, now, if violence were to come from Trump supporters, specifically. It's the end of democracy. <laughs> and I don't just mean, it may be the right at large, but if any violence came from the right, let's just say like a, I mean, the, the, the most like little crumb of violence like a Ruby Ridge yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Then, and that was not even violence. That was just resisting. The, the only uh, violence happened after they shot someone's son and, and dog. dog. Yeah. And but, if you don't react violently, then that you're, I don't know what kind of a man <laughs> you are in your own mind. Especially when you have Waco, yeah. same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, any violence, and by violence, I just mean pushback, I guess, in this scenario, from the right is mm-hmm. going to result in bad things, really bad things. And it's going to be the state doing it. And once that happens, by the way, once violence breaks out, best I can kind of figure it, 
it is going to be, there's not going to be really any turning back. No. Because what I see happening, let's just say, uh, in these scenarios that I'm about to go through, violence erupts from the right, <clears throat> mm-hmm. from Trump supporters. Okay. Um, mm. <laughs> either or. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just wouldn't conflate the right. I didn't, I didn't mean to conflate yeah, the okay, two. Yeah, gotcha. Either or. Um, if violence erupts from either of those groups, then the, I'm just being very general. Yeah. Then the reaction from the state is going to be something that they've wanted to do forever anyways, which is to smash people on the right and take away guns and use it as every excuse that they've ever needed to do the horrible tyrannical things that they want. I've to actually do thought about this and I thought about how to go back to the COVID conversation that we were just having and you go like, well, they kind of did a dry run of this with event mm-hmm. 201 and it's like, could it be a coincidence? I'm like, that'd be a hell of a coincidence to do a dry run of something the year before that it actually happens kind of pretty closely aligned. And I often think of what you're saying, you're proposing the idea of some kind of horrific domestic terrorist event. I mean, all the, the narrative has been in play uh, since 2020, right? What did Biden say? The biggest threat to America is domestic extremism and white supremacy. And that narrative has continued. By the way, if white supremacy is the, like I'm pretty much, we're, the three of us are the whitest guys ever at this mm-hmm. point. Don't you think we would have been recruited by someone at this point? Like I'm almost kind of like, I'm, I'm a little fuck. like butthurt. <laughs> this is the greatest threat ever. Like did, can someone hand me a flyer like, or something? Hit me up in the we're email. We're in shape. We're reasonably good looking. Like, a lot of like, guns. <laughs> like God, like what do we have to do? I would think we're like prime <laughs> candidates. What do we chop liver here? Yeah. And even like the actual white supremacist groups haven't recruited us. What about the FBI? They haven't even tried either. I, yeah. It's almost like these things are not problems. <laughs> what the very, fuck? Very odd. You'd think we'd be um, prime prime candidates. So I also think of that, that same kind of template, that model. Uh, I use that in my mind. I think of January 6th, mm-hmm. right? The insurrection, by the way, of all the people that are still in prison, some of them still in solitary confinement. Some of them have pr- gotten prison sentences up to 20 years, even for people that weren't even there. How many of those people are being charged or have been charged with insurrection? Zero. Zero. Not a single one. Including the guy who supposedly orchestrated the whole thing. Who wasn't there. No, I meant President Trump. Oh, <laughs> right. right. He, he incited an insurrection, right. which is why they're throwing the 14th Amendment around to yeah. keep him from being on the ballot. You were talking about Enrique Ontario? Yeah. yeah. That's, who I was, that's who I was referring to. Yeah. So, well, neither one of them were actually at the Capitol, to be honest. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> or in, and to hold anyone nit- else. I don't want to nitpick yeah. here. But, um, but point being is that is, as just as we saw like event 201, like, well, that was the tabletop exercise, the dry run for what was to come. I also think for what you're saying for some kind of horrific event, i.e. false flag going on that affects like it's going, I think it's going to be really horrific and terrible. I mean, not making an official prediction here, but I think January 6th was the dry run for what's about to come. Okay. I was going to ask you, so yeah. the event 201 in terms of what we're talking about now was January 6th. No, event two hundred one was the dry run for COVID. No, 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 I know, but the the event two hundred one right, correct, correct for yeah, correct. the violent yeah. insurrection thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Was, was January sixth. Yeah. Has there been though? It makes me wonder. Has there been a official, uh, you know, air quotes, uh, event two hundred one 
a dry run scenario that they've gone through for a attempted violent, you know, white supremacist or domestic terrorist overthrow of the government? Do we know of any event? Are you talking about the first stage, like the tabletop exercise? That's what I'm saying. January 6th, like kind of was in some ways. Yeah. But with event 201, they actually like had meetings. They came up with this, you know, pamphlet Mm -hmm. or whatever, a big book of what was actually going to happen and how it would unfold. So now we're getting into the territory of false flags, right? Because we would talk about false flags could be X group in power wants to achieve an an objective, right? And so they're going to do, they're going to fake an attack. They're going to shoot down their own airplane. They're going to blow up their own ship, their own submarine or whatever, you know, some kind of mass shooting or whatever. Or, Remember we talked about the spectrum of false flags and be like, I think this group, you know, because it seems like they always seem to be talking to the FBI and the CIA right before they do it. They go like, why don't we just let them do it? And then that will get this reaction, which mm-hmm. will achieve this objective. I think in my mind, that's it would what- just be, it would be convenient for our podcast if we could point to some sort of like meeting that they had where they they wrote down every single thing that was going to happen, mm-hmm. just like they did with Event 201. The place that it was going to take, you know, wet market, how the virus was going to be transmitted, what was going to be the response right away. It would be convenient for us to have something that we could point to to say, look, they've already planned this in advance. So just be ready when the violent breaks, violence breaks out. Go to this Event 301 thing that they've come up with about a violent insurrection in America. Mm-hmm. Cause then it would just be so much more, you know, obvious and easy to sell that this is obviously planned. This is an obvious, uh, ploy by them that they want this to happen. And you guys are just playing into the, the thing, because that's kind of what I want to say with all this is that, you know, the violence, they are expecting the violence. They want the violence. They need it in order to justify the stripping of our rights in the constitution yeah. at large, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't know of in a specific thing that I'm no. referring to, like some sort of meeting that took place that... No, I, I, I was thinking more within the parameters of the kind of social contagion that January 6th kind of took on and the energy that it built, uh, people that were very rightfully upset. Um, and we had the you know, demonized carnival barker at the top, the guy that everyone wants to get rid of, you know, particularly the deep state guy who was never supposed to be in that position anyway. And, and they saw that building momentum. And then I think, I mean, if you see the footage, I just saw one yesterday. You see the one of the guy yanking out all the windows of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so obviously a fed. It's ridiculous. And everyone's running up to the guy like, stop, stop. What are right. you doing? And he starts like throwing punches at these guys. Yeah. He's the only one wearing a mask. He's wearing fucking goggles and a fucking hood. Right. He's got very much looks like to be military issued body armor. And he starts like fighting the crowd and the crowd is like backing off. Like, hey, stop, stop. We're like, we're not being violent. We're not being violent. And it's like, and everyone around there was prosecuted or is in jail. No one seems to know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. He's like another Ray Epps, exactly. for example. Just like so Ray I Epps. think they saw this momentum building, this thing about to happen, and they go like, this is perfect because this is like what we're going to start doubling down on 
because what do what so in your opinion like what what do they really want to do like they want to crack down against the we'll call it the right which is a bullshit term but let's just say that it's like they want to disarm us yeah it's not i think that that's the excuse is to crack down on the right yes they're cracking down on everybody Mm -hmm. they're taking away everyone's rights yeah chipping away the constitution taking away everyone's guns Mm -hmm. taking away everyone's ability to choose who their next uh, who they want to represent them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is hilarious on his face. <laughs> but I know as if it wasn't like, well, I know. I mean, like you always say, like Trump just kind of was not supposed to happen. He was a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't have that again. Yeah. That's why we, I think to the things that you're bringing up is why we've seen everything just go up like a hockey stick. All of the surveillance, the state crackdowns, the state-induced aggression, the, all these, like, all this evidence of agent provocateurs, you know, all of a sudden these, like, how many, how many videos have we seen of, of Unite the Right rallies and Proud Boys and, I don't know, what, a Patriot Front, and it's, you look at them like, those are all feds. These are all so obviously feds. Mm-hmm. It's like that has gone up on steroids since getting Trump out of office. And I think there was a coordinated decision going like, this cannot happen again. And the reason why that guy came into power was this group of people to stereotype. Right. Those people that constitutionalists and libertarians and I don't know, what's loosely known as the right, which I don't subscribe to that notion, but. Well, if that's what it, if that's what being the right is, then great. Right. We should all be on the right. (laughs) I guess I'm on the right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm using your words, not mine. <laughs> um, all right, so here's... That's uh, <laughs> like what we were talking about last time. I, I, I don't care about government, and I don't care who the president is. Well, that makes you a Republican. Okay, fine. I'm a Republican. What, <laughs> whatever, whatever ends this conversation, that, that's what I'll agree to. Totally. Okay, so these are the scenarios where I see violence Got erupting. Okay. If Donald Trump is prevented from running for office, okay, I see that becoming a uh, like. Let's just say he's held off the ballot mm-hmm. in some states. That they wouldn't do that. <laughs> I believe that will. You'd have to be found guilty of a crime, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right? Uh, right? Part of the I Constitution. Think, I, yeah. I mean. It's such a it's such a tricky. It's not even it's not tricky. What's tricky is like everyone that you would get into an argument about this with would say, well, obviously he is guilty of a crime, and like that's all you need. Oh, because you saw it with your own eyes. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just get rid of the whole due process. Yeah, part of the Constitution. If he is like not allowed to run for office, then I think people will get violent. Mm -hmm. I don't think they should, but I think that that is likely. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. I'm going to let you finish your list because I got a feeling of where you're going. And I think the threshold at which group A or group B or group C resorts to violence is very different depending on that group. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm relying on a 100%. bit of a, relying on a bit of a stereotype here, but 
when we talk about the violence of Antifa and the left and, you know, just immediate spontaneous, like burning down downtown Portland and Minneapolis and Chicago and New York and San Francisco and Oakland mm-hmm. is to take a cross section of that demographic. Uh, what does a 22 year old junior college student, you know, transgendered junior college student that just already hates the world. What do they have to lose versus someone? If I had a stereotype across section of the right, the contractor who uh, very much believes in the Second Amendment and you know goes to church, what's going to push him to violence? I think there's a very very wide chasm between those two groups. Big time. Yeah. Okay. So let's say Trump uh, is allowed to be or forced to be on all the ballots because the Supreme Court mm-hmm. makes a decision. If that decision is not a nine zero <clears throat> decision, mm-hmm. which it should be, we all can agree on that. I think mm-hmm. let's say it's a six to three decision. I think we'll see violence from the left. Yeah. And they will go after that'll kind of give them the green light to go after the, the justices for not, you know, doing what they wanted, what they thought was right. Right. But going back to what I said previously, like the violence from the left is kind of like just an insurrection, the, if you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like you were just saying, it's, it's not the same violence, you know, they, they're allowed to be violent. And so that, that could happen. It's not going to be the end of America mm-hmm. as we know it. If for some reason, the Supreme court did the stupidest thing and just allowed the, the ruling to stand that he was not allowed on the ballot. I definitely think we would see violence from plumbers mm-hmm. people because the diehard Trump supporters are going to, they will get violent. I think if he's not allowed yeah. to run and I'm not a diehard Trump supporter. Yeah. Does it make anybody else roll their eyes when you think of Trump supporters taking up arms and finally freaking out? Like that's just the most, I don't know, just soft-brained, freaking mouth-breathing, nose-picking, truck-driving crew that, like... I think I think I know where... You, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the thing, yes, I agree with you, but the reason why is that... I mean, there is a small percentage of just full knuckle-draggers. Like, oh, we're going to fucking, you know, I'm going to go downtown with my AR just to show people, I have, you know... Okay, dummy. Like, what, what are you really doing? You know what I mean? Like, you're going to end up in prison just like the dummies who walked into the fucking Capitol who fell for that head, fed honeypot. Mm-hmm. The thing that, Jake, is, as it pertains to what you were saying that makes the eye roll is to me to think like that, I'm subscribing to this completely fabricated boogeyman that the other side has created. And that's where I roll my eyes. Does that make sense to you guys? What's the boogeyman? The boogeyman is being sold to us since 2020 is white supremacy and domestic extremism and like all these mega extremist Republicans and their ARs and their gun. And you know what I mean? It's like a a drop of the hat. They're going to come to the streets and they're going to, you know, they're going to be well-armed. They got these militias and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's not true. That's like, that's not the biggest threat that is out there. Most of these people are doing this in the spirit of like, Hey, in, in case stuff goes South, like we want to protect ourselves. This is not some, violent overthrow of the government or do you <laughs> kill half the country because we disagree with them politically? That's where the eye roll, as, as you were saying, Jake, comes from, at least from me. 
If that makes, I don't, yeah, I don't I just, know if I articulated that very well, but I don't really associate a lot of uh, thought process with what I think the normal, let's say, stereotypical um, right wing extremist, um, neo Nazi, you know, um, national socialist um, sort of what do they call those? paramilitary groups that live in the mountains, you mm-hmm. know, like the, uh, yeah, the, militia. the militias. militias, you know, you, you're just not hearing. And the ones you do hear about are the ones that make you roll your eyes and say, man, these, these guys are just like wackadoo, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think it, that, it, that they always seem to be horrifically obese. It does. <laughs> yeah. Like what's this guy? It's like that dude in the picture we were looking at, but he's got like a uh, body. He's got, on he's on. got camo instead yeah. of <laughs> yoga pants on. I mean, there is a small glimmer of hope that somewhere there's a quiet group of well-thought individuals that is like, I don't all think right, when shit goes down, like here's the plan. And, Nobody's got pictures of them. I don't think a, you can be let's not, a... Let's not perfectly describe our fan group on the internet. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I was just going to say, I don't think you can be a like quiet group of well-thought individuals who are also Trump, like diehard Trump supporters that are willing to go to war if Trump gets taken out. Right. It's. I think that the, the Trump sycophancy is... Like a, it's a problem in and of itself. I get it. I understand that. People, Jake, look that up. Is sick of fancy a word? <laughs> Put that on the list. <laughs> the people who have been like downtrodden and made fun of constantly mm-hmm. by the by Democrats specifically are just tired and and sick, and their you know Bidenomics has not it's not quite kicked in for them yet. And it's they, working. Yeah, just hold on a little longer. Those people. No, seriously, there's an iceberg up ahead. Like, got it. We got <laughs> to move, <laughs> steer the ship somewhere else. Those people are justifiably upset, and I, I, they probably feel like if Trump gets taken out, that's their last hope of salvation, and they're going to react violently and i i don't blame them for that but i don't think that's a well thought out you know they don't really understand that trump is going to save them mm-hmm. that's just kind of a like a knee jerk response to trump that they have because trump didn't hasn't done shit for anybody and everyone who actually puts a minute of thought into it realizes that i want to take what you were saying and go one level further is that and i i guess yeah, maybe this is like a kind of a, a branch off, or like a sub point to what you're saying. And to get into the psychology of what you're saying, I think we're, because what we're talking about is like almost unfettered nerd rage at some point. Like totally you can't pick on someone. Like eventually they're going to show up with a, with a gun. That's <laughs> cool. hundred percent. Or something like that. Um, is, I think you have a very, very large portion of the population that do not agree that the results of the 2020 election were legitimate, right? Um, there is a, I'm not getting into the election denial stuff, but there's a lot of, a lot of uh, evidence that would support that, I guess I would say. I'm not going to say either, either you know, where I am on that, but... So you have this substantial part of the population that already believes that. Here we are four years later, and then they're like, okay, like we get a do-over. 
And it's like, no, we're not even going to give you the chance is you are going to make like tens of millions of people. You are going to give them the message of like, you don't have a say in this process. Yeah. I've taken away everything from you. Like you, you do not have, you're not part of this power hierarchy. And, and that's and gonna, on top of that, that's going to create desperate people and desperate people yeah. do very, very dangerous things. And they're, they're also desperate because the economy sucks. Their jobs have been destroyed since COVID mm-hmm. and they're, they're put in these desperate economic situations and told that the economy is doing great and you're just, I guess the which problem's is, you. Which, I guess you're just a loser. Yeah, which is another very, very dangerous thing to do. Totally. Someone who is struggling and doing worse and worse and worse and worse. 100%. And going like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, everything's fine. And, like, I guess it's not this group. The entire country's going like, no, things are not fine. This is not working economically. Exactly. Okay, so I have four scenarios. That was scenario one. Yeah. Scenario two is that... This will be a long podcast. <laughs> I know. We'll go through them quick. Trump is imprisoned but he still wins the election. Okay. So he's president from prison. You might think like, okay, well, what, what's the problem? Like he won. So his, his supporters should be pretty like satisfied. Like, well, no, if, if he won the election and he's in prison, they're going to freak the fuck out. Okay. And I think they're going to, there's going to be violence. I'd say my guess on that, there's very, very little chance of that happening. I agree. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just but, imagining like a pretty epic spinoff of Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> the, the remake of like him walking out in the baseball field with his suit and shaking out the pebbles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a germaphobe, so the scene where he goes through the sewer would be especially Oh, yeah, be brutal. Yeah. brutal. Um, scenario three, and this is probably the worst of all, would be assassination. Yeah. If, I think if he's assassinated, all hell will break loose. That would get very, very ugly. Which makes me but think that's get, more likely than not. Yeah, I was just going to say, go back to the very first thing we're saying, like, if they want to get... It's basically what the way that we are presenting this, and I, I, I believe this to be true, and it sounds like they, you do too, is that let's just call this boogeyman the right, you know, people, constitutionalists, the libertarians, the people that believe in the Second Amendment, the people that want uh, free and fair elections, you know what I mean? Want, want, yeah. want a say in the power hierarchy. Whack jobs. Right. Yeah, yeah extreme, <laughs> domestic extremists, if right. I had to give it a name, is it's just the the poke in the chest, poke, poke, poke. And what do we have to do to get this guy to throw a punch? So right. me and the 20 guys behind me can just beat the shit out of this guy. Exactly. That's, that's what exactly we're, what that, it is. That's what we're looking at. Right. And so that, if that's what has to be done, an assassination, I don't think they have any problem doing that. And, and I also wouldn't uh, underestimate their overconfidence. Oh, no. Because they don't, I give you they're the not 20, necessarily going to win this. I yeah. give you the 2016 election. <laughs> or the fucking 20 wars that we've gotten into since you and I were kids where we didn't win any of them. Yes. Right? We were totally overconfident. Well, no, the thing is, Vietnam, no, okay. Um, okay, so we, we went into Afghanistan. Crap. Uh, well, there was well, the first the Iraq Yemen war. Yemen never came back it's, on a, no, that's right. Yeah. Well, so no, remember the first Iraq war. Yeah, George, we won that one. George W. No, George H. Herbert Bush. Yes. Yeah, okay, George H. Bush. It was going to be the shortest war in history. Uh huh. Yeah, that was taught in college. 
So there's that. We did win that one. We did. But we just couldn't leave it alone. <laughs> couldn't leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where uh, do these terrorists keep coming from? So my, my scenario number four is that uh, Trump is allowed to run. He's not held off the ballots. He's not put in jail. And he runs for election. And the election is stolen again. And I think it's going to be more obvious this time than last time because he's just so far ahead in all the yeah. polls that if he runs and loses, mm-hmm. I think that that could result in violence. Yeah. From the same people that we're talking about. And these people, it doesn't need... This is the thing. If the... These Trump supporters who are down and out and just kind of believe Trump is their Lord and Savior, they go to war... It's going to not just stick with this small group of people. It is going to come after us. Mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom will take our guns away yeah. or attempt to because of this like violent insurrection at the Capitol again. You know, something like that is going to happen. And we're not going to be left with any choice but to to fight. Yeah. We can't just let that happen. Right. I mean that's yeah, gonna work on a political binary and you know, by whatever same thing as us going like I, I don't care who president who the president is yeah. that means you're on the right like all right and if yeah. the pe- if the people making that decision are in power then you have to react how you have to react for self preservation I would like to add a you had four scenarios that was it I want to add a number five is that. All signs are pointing to a complete economic collapse at this point, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, a recession that's going to make 2008 look like child's play, Um, even a possible depression. Uh, We've hit that on other podcasts with the, we're not going to go into the the details of it, but with the BRICS nations, Mm -hmm. uh, all these other countries going off the U.S. petrodollar, you know, we have made, the U.S. has made so many enemies that there's enough people on board like, yeah, let's crash their economy and see what we can do. Us getting dragged into some more wars, which is kind of the last-ditch effort of us trying to save ourselves financially, uh, which has been proven through history, is if all economic... We talked about on two episodes ago, you know, despite what people say in polls, like Roe versus Wade or civil rights or, you know, no. gender-neutral bathrooms. Economy. You, economy. When you were voting on the economy. So if all economic indicators are pointing that the economy is going to crash and this could be done intentionally or at least accelerated so it happens on schedule, is that they go, let's put Trump in office, right? So it's Trump versus the establishment, which is Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. It's everyone. It's all the media. It's all academia. It's basically the cathedral at this point that they do put him in office let the economy completely crash and tank and then just take this entire voting base that you have begrudgingly kind of lend their support to him and going like, okay, this is what happens when, you know, you let the extreme right. It would be a smart play because Trump is totally incapable of actually dealing with some sort of situation. And then we're going to have Newsom 2028. Right. I, uh, there's a lot of scenarios that could result in in violence and economic collapse, natural disaster, um, some sort of EMP or just military attack. Mm-hmm. Like those things could like result in this. 
Um, the ones that are most obvious to me right now that I'm most scared about are around are political. Yeah. They're most tangible. It's like right there. I feel like it's just like right under the surface. Yeah. I think what I, I think because I'm, I'm a geek for this stuff. I've read several books on EMPs and end of the world and, uh, the Road by Cormac McCarthy just set me on this, you know, mm-hmm. I read the book and I saw the movie. I was like, oh my God, like this is my jam. This <laughs> gave me nightmares for weeks. I will not watch and, either. <laughs> dude, I highly suggest it if you want to see a, <laughs> a hypothetical scenario of what humanity is actually capable of. But point being is that I think what you're talking about with the, the, it's the, the, the political strife and the political violence and the political upheaval that we might be looking at is because that's kind of um, short circuits the scenario of things getting really ugly because if we have a, I don't know, an asteroid hits the earth or a tsunami, an earthquake, um, you know, we're going to have this period, this like pretty long duration of people trying to kind of figure out their bearings. And then all scenarios point when you look at all dystopian kind of models of society is that well, eventually ends up that there's only so many, re- there's only so much food left. There's only so much clean drinking water. There's only so much gasoline available. And people start to turn on each other as given to the great predictive program movies, uh, movies leave the world behind. And this new one coming up, Civil War, is it's that end goal of when people start to turn on each other. That's what's terrifying to us. Now, what you're talking about with the political violence, we have skipped those first four steps. It's going from where we are today to everyone has turned on each other. And that's the most, I think, that's the most terrifying aspect of any dystopian model to anyone, left, right, you know, no matter where you are. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, it does. But the one thing that's kind of <clears throat> encouraging about it or hopeful, so stupid to use that word, but... Um, if it's political violence, it's kind of us versus them. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily you versus someone that used to be your friend who was coming to steal your shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It almost becomes like a war, like teams. Right. Like this team versus that team. You know, it's not It's not just every man for themselves. Have you ever played out those scenarios in your head? I mean, it gets me very, very odd. Oh, I know. Well, how do you do it? How do you divide up? Your your neighborhood, very, your very, block into it very much <laughs> exists in the abstract. It does because there's no battle lines. Yeah, until people move around, I guess. But Jake, where are you on this? On uh, hypotheticals regarding so so let's say let, let's say political violence breaks out right across the entire country, and it's to use the clunky vernacular, it's the left versus the right. Like, how does that actually play out in real life? Like, do we have, I mean, we don't, we're not given jerseys, right? So here we are in Northern California. Like, are we the enemy all of a sudden? I think people how, self- how do you know that? Well, you were a camo, so I just figure you're on the right. So I'm going to start I think people it. would start self-identifying. You think so? Yeah. What if you are? We already kind of do. We already wear, like, clothing that represents who we are. Yeah. I do have a, uh, I do have a, an exit ramp that I think would solve all this. Okay. I think Trump should recuse himself from the election. Yeah, you pitched this to me the other day. I think he should step down. It would diffuse everything for the better of the country. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not like Trump is going to get into the office and be the greatest president we ever had. No. He's going to suck at it like he did the first time. He did. And like every president He, he did does. Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. He got as many genetic, <laughs> demonic, you know, bizarre-ass shit into many, as many people's he arms as possible. printed billions of dollars. Trillions. I mean, these are the things that I... So this is what Trump was good on. He was good at telling the deep state that they suck. Yeah, okay. He was good at being anti-war in rhetoric. Uh, yeah, okay, I agree. In rhetoric. I, I'll say this. Uh, uh, given the standard for what our presidents are going back to... Uh, fucking Carter? <laughs> like, he... Didn't he try? He tried to end some of the wars. He tried to withdraw troops from Syria. He did not start any new wars. Right. That's the only president well, since Carter that can say that. His rhetoric on war was good. Yeah. His actions on war left a yeah, lot to be. Designed. I'll give you that one. Okay. He was good on uh, border security. Yes. Okay. What he's bad on is actually being anti the deep state. Because he didn't do shit to... He talked <laughs> so much about draining the swamp, and he didn't do a damn thing about it. I'll give you that. He had no plan to do anything about it. He just talked about it. He just... Yeah. He talked and talked and talked about it, but then he never actually did anything. In fact, he hired the deeps. He like got the swamp deeper. Yeah. Um, actually ending wars. No. Actually building a wall. I mean, I give him a C on that, right? <laughs> okay, that's fair <laughs> he enough. He talked about it, but he just kind of didn't really materialize. He and did that's put kinda... some kids in cages, or at least took the photos from the Obama administration and published them. <laughs> Claimed them as his own. <laughs> yeah, look what I'm doing. He was terrible at ending government tyranny, and I'd give you the Operation Warp Speed yeah. shit, and all of the, you know, his record on COVID was terrible. He chastising governors for opening up too early and encouraging lockdowns and the whole vaccine yep. bullshit. And, and probably the most important thing of all, the economy. He was terrible on the economy. Mm -hmm. He just printed money and lowered interest rates and then claimed you know, the, the, the greatest economy the world's ever known. And he actually contributed to a lot of the inflation and all the shit that we're dealing with yep. today. I mean, he was not, he doesn't know anything. He's yep. an ignoramus. He doesn't read. He doesn't you know, then this, the, here's the beauty of this. When you, if you explain this to someone either on the right or the left, when you propose, when you lay out a couple facts of like, well, here's, you know, Biden create just created, you know, 190,000 new jobs. Well, 80% of those jobs were jobs gotten back from the lockdowns. So, I mean, you really can't, the other 20, yeah, and, and 50% of them were uh, low-wage part-time jobs. Yeah, and you really can't, so you really can't claim that as a win. Or they were a guy that already had, uh, he used to have a full-time job, and then he got fired, and then he got two part-time jobs. Mm -hmm. That's that's two jobs we have to also, one. So we have jo also Biden added a job, and that guy is miserable. And we've also parsed out of the mix people that have given up. I, I'm just not even looking for work anymore. Right. There's so many government programs available. And when you tell us that people, when it, when it you know starts to breach the narrative of their head of like my team blue my team red hoorah here we go and they go and you know, I'll, you try this out in the wild I urge everyone to do that and they go like well I mean we're talking about like the economy well yes you were talking about the economy and I responded and they say I mean what what does the president really do anyway I don't think he really actually makes any of the decisions and you just look that person in the eye going like so what the fuck are we talking about 
Like, why did you bring it up? I think that um, Trump needs to recuse himself to save. If he really cared about America and loved America as much as he says he does, that he's doing this for you. I love you. He says it all the time. I love you guys. He should, he should bow out. Mm-hmm. There's other candidates in the race. His ego would never let him do this, but there's other candidates in the race who are going to be more well suited to do the things that he is saying. Jake, this is for you. My name that he would do. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy said the other day on Dave Smith's podcast, he goes, day one, everyone whose birthday uh, is uh, an odd day, you're fired from the federal government. <laughs> Boom, laying off half the people in the federal government on day one. <laughs> That's awesome. Trump has never said one thing about how he's actually going to do it. <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy's like, half the people fired day one. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I think... Uh, you you say, and I always try to kind of brighten it up and contradict you, but uh, it does seem like violence is inevitable. I don't see Trump recusing himself from this election, and I don't see many scenarios where we come out of this without violence. I mean, unless he wins, which then he wins, and you're like, fuck, now we're stuck with Trump again. And we got more violence. I'll be more hipper than a hippopotamus. Uh, get off in your head like a neurologist. Push him awake to Atlas. Got a fight about a name of Tupacalus. The 707 Marusco hella fall back to floor terrace. Yeah. I pull a 40 out of my ball cap and then I flush it down my esophagus. The group that I'm with the click. click. Sugar D shot legit. Yeah. Family orientated. Game related. It's the shit. Yeah. Killing motherfuckers off crucial. Sitting them down mutual. Running through these lyrics as if I was fiber. Like what? Metamuso. Time of time of. Body water. Sprinkle me, man. 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 Sprinkle me, man.